Hey guys, welcome back to the Blair White Project. A full disclosure, I am sick as a dog. Last night I could not sleep. I have this sudden bout of like extreme fatigue and my throat hurts and I just feel really sick. So the fact that I'm here, fake eyelashes on and all, speaking to you guys is actually a miracle, but I did not want to miss an episode because there are stories I really, really want to talk about this week. So there is... We're going to open this with a bombshell story. I think this is one of the most, you know, going to be looked back on as one of the most influential stories in the trans kid, you know, political fight we have going on here. So a whistleblower has come out accusing a St. Louis uh, transgender clinic of unethical medical practices. And so full disclosure, the woman coming out, she worked this clinic and just to set the stage, she is... She described herself as further left than Bernie Sanders. She is married to a trans man herself. She is, um, I don't know why you're calling yourself a lesbian if you're married to a trans man. I guess you don't believe your husband is a man. I don't know. That's weird. But regardless, I'm only saying not to set the stage that this is not some like right winger. This is not even some person who was left and went, then went right. This is someone who legitimately saw things happening at this clinic, treating kids for, you know, being transgender supposedly and wanted to sound the alarm. So <sighs> this is really extreme. Some of the shit we're talking about here. So just to summarize what she's saying, she's blowing the whistle and saying that at this clinic in St. Louis, children would come into the clinic using inanimate objects as pronouns and were still prescribed cross-sex hormones and surgeries. Children came into the clinic claiming to want hormones so they could switch genders and not be gay. This is something that I've noticed with a lot of the detransitioners I've spoken to and a lot of the people that are like a bit younger that are transitioning. It's almost like this resurgence of like, having negative feelings about being gay, like talk about internalized homophobia. It's like, I don't know. And I want to get more into that because I think that's a really important key. Like, I know that a lot of right-wingers are now onto this, like, you know, trans kid thing and trying to save the kids and all that. There is some responsibility on the right for creating a culture that is anti-gay or at least in the past that led to all these people feeling such hatred for themselves being gay that they want to transition and they're confusing the negative feelings they're having about being gay with wanting to transition and i feel like there is some ownership that people on the right can take from that but moving on children came into the clinic changing their identity day to day and are still prescribed puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones i don't know what kind of physician can can see a child coming in changing their gender identity from day to day and prescribe them medications that are have permanent effects so their identity themselves isn't even permanent and the doctor feels like it's appropriate to prescribe drugs that cause permanent effects absolutely demented one patient had her breast removed and came back three months later to ask to have her breasts put back on this is a child. A teen came in, this is really brutal. A teen came in, this is a biological female, bleeding profusely, bleeding through extra strength pads and through her pants after having sexual intercourse because her vaginal lining had thinned so severely from the use of testosterone. She was rushed to the emergency room. One child complained of pain from enlarged clitoris growth, 
as a result of taking testosterone, rubbing against her genes, and was told that she should use tucking panties that male-to-female transsexuals use. So upon seeing all of this, upon, you know, treating these kids and, and telling a young female-to-male trans person to use tucking panties, because... This woman blew the whistle and said, hey, this we're not helping these kids. We're hurting these kids. So I don't know what it's going to take for people to wake up that this is a serious issue. You know, I was watching, I did an interview with The Hill yesterday, and there was some clip of some politician saying, some leftist politician saying that people are just so obsessed with this trans issue, and it's only a fraction of a percent of the population. It's like, okay, it's still thousands of kids that are going through this. And for those thousands of kids, their lives are permanently changed and in some cases ruined because of this, you know, like the fact that, I mean, clearly if this child came in three months after having her breast removed, not only was this surgery never supposed to happen, this person should have, this young girl should have never been cleared for such a surgery, but also clearly was not explained to what it actually means to have a double mastectomy because if if that child thought that it was as simple as having her breasts reattached if they were taken off and she regretted it then the ramifications of that surgery were clearly not articulated to that child but go figure children can't wrap their heads around surgeries like this right that's a no-brainer i always say It's a no-brainer if you've ever met a child. But you look at half the people, if not more, that are advocating for this, and I'm not even trying to be funny, they actually, in some ways, have not met a child. In their adult lives, they are childless. So it's all these LGBT activists who are just, like, so, like, insulated in their little, you know, um, echo chamber of, like, LGBT people. Most LGBT people don't have kids. So it's not as if these people are are running around every day with a bunch of kids around them. So I think that honestly, some of these people really do lose sight. I'm talking about people who advocate, not the surgeons, but people who advocate for this really do lose sight of what a child is and isn't capable of consenting to. As for the doctors, I'm hoping, and, and I've heard some things, and I hope that I'm correct in this. I've heard that 2023 is about to be the year of lawsuits against these surgeons and that we start to reverse course on this. But in the meantime, the United States is just going full force, full force ahead in this. And you have all these other European countries that were doing it years and years before us that are now all reversing and the U.S. is still going. It's really, really disturbing. You know, it's, listen, I think there is, and I've wanted to have this conversation for a while. I think there is a difference in some ways. And and y'all know on the podcast, I just be real. Like I'm not, this might be a conversation that's like too over some people's heads or people aren't really ready for. But like, I do think there's a difference between male to female surgeries and female to male surgeries, specifically talking about trans surgeries. In a lot of ways, from what I can see, female to male surgeries are much more devastating to the body in the sense of they're just a lot more damage that is is done. You know, it's like I look at half the time when female to male uh, trans people get phalloplasties, which is the bottom surgery. And I didn't even know this until recently. They have to have flesh cut off of them 
from so many other parts of the body. There are people where their entire arm, it, it's like a horror show, has, has been like skinned to get this phalloplasty done. It's not the case with bottom surgery for male to female. And, it, and it's not as if male to female bottom surgery isn't, you know, uniquely, you know, doesn't have its pitfalls as well. It absolutely does. But there's just something in particular, like the word mutilation comes to mind more so when I think of female to male surgeries. You know, you think of like top surgeries for male to female like myself. It's like, yeah, I got breast implants. Those absolutely can be removed, right? Like those absolutely are temporary. And, you know, the scarring I endured from that is nothing compared to the scarring that I see from pretty much every single female to male transsexual person. I've never really seen a female to male trans person that doesn't have scars going across their entire chest. I have very tiny scarring that you cannot even see at this point on the underside of my breast, basically exactly the same as um, biological women when they get breast implants, right? You know, it's like <clears throat> hormone replacement therapy seem to be so much more drastic because testosterone is just so much more powerful, right? And so I'm not trying to sit here and say that male to female trans people, people will twist my words all day and all night, right? I'm not here trying to say that male to female trans people are more valid or more whatever. I'm just saying the treatments seem to be more extreme for female to male, but that is fine if you're an adult because you can do whatever you want with your body, but we're talking specifically about kids. The idea that these kids are undergoing this and then taking into account the intensity, particularly of female to male uh, hormones and surgeries, is just really scary. Particularly when you think about the fact that you know I say this a lot, but it clearly people still need to hear it. It's the same population, you know, teenage girls that are vulnerable to cutting, anorexia, body issues that are so easily misconstrued for gender dysphoria, right? Even as, and here's the thing, even as an adult, y'all know I've talked about my body issues because, you know, in, in, my, in my head, not even just in my head, this is a fact, my body issues with like weight or beauty or, you know, like female beauty standards that I, you know, put pressure on myself and society puts pressure on me to adhere to, right? You know, fake lashes and like keeping my waist tiny and my butt big, whatever, those are, you know, beauty standards that apply pressure and, and they cause me like body issues. And sometimes I feel like I have a bit of body dysmorphia because of that, but that's different from gender dysphoria. But even as an adult, it's been very hard for me. And now I figured it out, but it took many years for me to separate the two and understand what is gender dysphoria. So what is specifically my issues with my gendered like parts of my body and what is just female beauty standards and what is the body dysmorphia um, and so it's just the idea that these kids are supposed to figure that out. And these young girls who are, you know, feeling those pressures and feeling that, you know, self-hatred for their bodies and having body issues, you know, the idea that they're supposed to figure that out and figure out that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a boy and putting that on them is just so disgusting. So, um, I thank this woman for being a whistleblower and for coming out and, 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 you know, now there's an investigation into this clinic and this is what needs to happen, right? These people working at these places need to come out and say, no, what's happening here is demented. And that's how it changes because it is all about the money, right? These, these clinics have no incentive to 
not operate on these kids. They have every incentive to. They have the pressure from activists and they have the money incentive. The idea that these people, these clinics are supposed to act out of morality or act out of anything other than seeking money and pressure from activists. You know, I'd like to believe we live in a world where people would put integrity first, but that's just not how the world works. And so it needs to be more people coming out like this. So thank you so much to this woman. Her name is Jamie Reed. Shout out to you. All right, next. So people are trying to cancel Mr. Beast. <laughs> for First of all, I'm pretty sure he's like the most subscribed to person on YouTube. So the idea you can cancel him, it's like, what are you going to do? Even if even if this cancellation attempt on him worked and he lost, let's say, a million subscribers, <laughs> I don't even know how much he has, but that's clearly still nothing. Regardless, Mr. Beast's blindness video puts systemic ableism on display, says this disgusting, woke journalist. Is there no... Is there no depth to the hole that is the woke mindset? I mean, you have a guy who, for I'm getting ahead of myself, and in case you didn't know, I'm sure you do. Mr. Boost did a video where he cured a bunch of people's blindness. Um, and the video has been viewed over 76 million times. Uh, amazing use of a platform, amazing use of money. You know, it's like pe people scream at people all day long that are influencers and that have money. Use your money for good. Use your platform for good. Use this for good. Those same people don't do shit for people on their own time, right? Those same people, you couldn't find them helping out a homeless person. You couldn't find them financing someone to cure their blindness. And then Mr. Beast does it to the tune of like, I think it was like, maybe I'm wrong. I think it was like over a hundred people he did this for. It was like a thousand. I think it was a thousand. Talk about good karma, just saying. Um, so of course people like Hassan Piker and like the wokies on Twitter are saying that first of all, it's ableism to imply that someone should have eyesight if they happen to be blind. It's so crazy that like this has to even be an argument. Yes. If you don't have your eyesight, your quality of life, your ability to be a participating member of society, your happiness, your mental health, everything is going to go up if that problem was taken away. And the fact that that's ableist to say that is just so mentally ill. And can I just say, is ableism really a thing? I question if it's really a thing in the sense of, are there people who really like hate people who are disabled? I don't, I'm not sure that's like a thing. I've never encountered anyone who's just like, oh man, I just hate people in wheelchairs. I just hate people who are blind. I just hate people. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's really not a thing. You know, I, I get that like every group that isn't just like a straight white male has to be some like marginalized group in people's minds, but do people really just harbor hatred for disabled people? I mean, I could I could acknowledge, of course, that there are situations in which someone may be treated unfairly because of a disability. Maybe because Wokies are always just projections. They're always just projecting what they actually feel. Clearly, you think something negative of people who are blind if you feel like they're somehow like, what are you talking about? So, you know, shout out to Mr. Beast because that's an amazing way to use a platform. Um, and people, 
people like to shit on like, you know, altruistic videos of like people giving money to homeless people and whatever. And I know some of them are fake and that's really disgusting. <laughs> I've seen the fake ones. Um, but like, you just can't win with these people. It's like you help people and you get attacked. You don't help people, you get attacked. It's like you can see why, this is what you see. You can see why people who are rich and do have platforms and don't do shit kind of don't because they're getting attacked either way. So why would they even help people, right? So again, ableist, it's so stupid. Black national anthem at Super Bowl stirs debate on social media. So at the Super Bowl, which I did not watch, um, and listen, I'm not one of those like right-wingers who just like thumbs up my nose at like the culture or like mainstream culture. Like I, I don't hate anyone for watching the Super Bowl or participating in like watching like the Grammys and all this shit. It's just not for me. Um, I've never been interested, but of apparently they did a black national anthem at the Super Bowl. And on this topic of projection, <laughs> you have to be so dumb to think that anyone who wants there to be a separate national anthem for you based on your race, based on the color of your skin, is somehow your friend or somehow not the actual racist. It's the same as when you see all these like graduations. There are colleges all across the country that do graduations. They have the LGBT graduation, the black graduation, the Native American graduation. What? And this is why we call them regressives and not progressives, right? I've always been a big proponent of like, stop calling them progressives. A progr being a progressive would imply that you're moving society forward, particularly in a positive way. If you're supporting segregation, just under a different label, how is that progressive in any way? We're going back to the 1950s, back to the 1940s. There should not be separate graduations based on race, based on sexuality. There should not be a separate national anthem. What happened to one nation under God? And like, that sounds corny, but like, I'm sorry, I, I don't even like this whole implication that being patriotic or or liking your country is somehow corny. Like they somehow turned, There's there was a research paper stating that Americans view the word American as a racist term. And like, I know that <laughs> this is what happens, right? I always question, it's like, as you get older, I know every generation like starts to lose touch with like the younger generation, obviously. And <clears throat> even when I was a kid, it's like I'm looking at the way my grandparents viewed things or my parents viewed things. And I'm like, they feel like, you know, every generation is just getting worse. So is it true that every generation is getting worse? Is society really just on a downward spiral? Or does everyone just kind of lose touch with that generation? I don't know. I kind of feel like in some ways it is getting worse. I mean, if you truly think there should be a separate national anthem based on the color of someone's skin, I mean, you are the problem. You really are the, you really are the issue. People who see the world through a lens like this are the thing keeping us apart. And, you know, I remember, shout out to anyone who is in their late 20s, early 30s and beyond. Like, do y'all not remember? Gen Zers, I don't, I don't want to hear from you right now. Your opinion on this next thing is a little bit irrelevant. No shade. <clears throat> Do y'all not remember, like, the period of time where it's not that racism was over, but, like, the problem was largely solved? <laughs> like, in the 90s, early 2000s, like, straight up, 
I'm not going to say there wasn't racism because there always has been. There always will be. That's part of the human condition. But like it was a largely mitigated issue, right? Like when I was growing up, you never heard about racism. You never heard about, you know, a black national anthem or we're doing this separately for black people. And, it, and now it feels like we're more divided racially than ever with the Black Lives Matter movement, with, you know, every political year we have to like rehash all this shit. And, you know, it's like, it's just sad. And the sad thing is that it's a self-perpetuating cycle because you have this next generation who is being taught specifically to view the world through this lens of racial hierarchy, right? You know, you have CRT being taught in, in schools and you have people that are genuinely, it's just part of their worldview growing up that white people are their enemy. And it, it's very sad, you know, speaking as a trans woman of color, literally, <laughs> and I laugh, but that's literally what I am. Watch my DNA video. I'm white, Hispanic, black. I'm, I'm everything, right? Just a little bit black, but regardless, I'm, I'm a fucking mix here. If I had sat here my entire life believing that straight white men are, are are my enemy, you know, white people are a threat, straight people are a threat, I would not have an ounce of the success that I have. I would not be an independent person. Like I, I, I see, and here's the thing: I started my channel and started doing like anti woke content, center right content, because I was going to college and I was witnessing my peers adopting this mindset, this adversarial relationship with you know, white people, straight people, you know, cis people, you know, all the, what these Wokies view is like the upper echelon of people, right? And like, I look at where they all are now. They're all broke. They're, none of them have found solid relationships in their lives. None of them are doing shit with their degrees because they got their degrees in lesbian dance theory, practically. No hyperbole, really. I mean, that's probably the thing at this point. And it's like, these are the people that have every every idea in the world that you think they you should adopt how the world should work, right? It's not a healthy mindset to view everyone as your enemy or to view straight white people as your enemy. It's like, so it's just very sad that we're even at a point where there is a black national anthem, a white national anthem. What's next, an Asian, a Mexican? Like, it's just, it's just stupid. This one is so demented and i saw people dragging this twitch streamer if you, if y'all haven't heard about this new atrocity that's happening deep fake ai porn so streamer twitch streamer qt cinderella um is speaking out against deep fake porn harassment now this is something that i have a lot of personal opinions about actually but we're gonna watch this video this girl was a victim of you know someone basically with with the way technology is now and the way ai is so powerful you can literally put someone's face in a video you can have them doing things you can have them participating in porn and in a sex act that they did not consent to and that's obviously extremely wrong um and this girl was getting dragged for this and i i'm gonna stick up for her because i'm just really effing disgusted that anyone even fixes their mouth to act like she was not victimized in this situation let's watch because i want to go live because this is what pain looks like this is what it looks like okay this is what it looks like fuck the fucking internet fuck the constant 
exploitation and objectification of women it's exhausting it's exhausting Fuck Atrioc for showing it to thousands of people. Fuck the people DMing me pictures of myself from that from that website. Fuck you all. This is what it looks like. This is what the pain looks like. Okay. Why? why so I'm completely siding with her on this you know I think it's obviously incredibly disgusting that people can do this I think that the fact that someone out there is profiting off of a porn that she didn't even consent to being in she should sue them for all their world she should she should get all the money that they made off of that and then have it shut down but we're getting into this new reality where you know, I think we're right at the precipice of AI becoming powerful enough to completely upend society. And when I say that, what I mean is I anticipate people getting framed for crimes successfully. I anticipate people, you know, you already see people have, you know, words put in their mouths all the time they didn't actually say. I've seen deep fakes of Biden saying things. I've seen deep fakes of politicians from every side of the aisle, you know, saying things they didn't actually say. And a large portion of the people that saw it believing it and then there's a correction and people are like no this is fake and then it gets like a tenth of the of the views as the original right that's a huge problem um and granted i know i'm sure it will open up a new field of forensics where they're able to actually go in and see like no this is a deep fake and so that's that and so as far as you know freeing people for crimes i imagine that would be somewhat circumvented but probably not in every circumstance i mean the better and better it gets you really want me to believe that that will always be able to be you know deciphered by a forensic specialist i don't think in every circumstance it will um so the deep fake uh porn stuff is something that actually has affected me a bit so y'all know years ago in 2019 i didn't know this <laughs> But in 2019, um, I've talked about this before, I was pretty close to being on MTV's The Real World, the season of that show. I was going through the casting or whatever. They wanted me to part it. It didn't, long story short, it didn't go through. But during this process of, um, you know, speaking with MTV and Viacom and, and these huge networks that do extensive background checks on people that they're looking to cast in TV shows, um, I was given a huge folder of basically my entire, you know, internet, you know, history and life and, and everything that they would deem as maybe something they wouldn't want on the show or whatever. Um, come to find out there is a, actually a lot of like fake porn images of me on the internet. Um, I didn't know that. A lot of them aren't so good, so you can clearly tell that they're not real. Some of them look kind of real, and they looked real enough that MTV and Viacom were asking me if they were legitimate nudes of me because they don't want to have someone on their show that has nudes online. Um, and I remember it being, you know, quite... It, I don't want to be so dramatic about it because I'm a hard-ass bitch, but it was a little bit embarrassing, even though it wasn't really me, obviously, to have to tell these people like, no, these are not actual nudes of me. You know, these are deep fakes. And, you know, do they know what a deep fake is? This is 2019. This is years before even the AI was powerful like it is now. 
And, you know, it's something that I think is going to escalate and get more and more out of hand. And that's just a really huge issue, particularly for, you know, females online, you know, and then it gets, you get into the territory of like, what's to stop there's nothing to stop. What's to stop people from making deepfake AI of minors? How is that not going to happen? Is, is, and then is that even legally classified as CP? I don't know if it is. I know there was a ruling, um, I talked about this on my main channel years back, stating that like artwork was protected as not technically CP if it was depicting minors, but it was like drawings or like cartoons or whatever. So what's that line between a deepfake AI video that looks very real of a minor, is that technically art? Is that not? Can you prosecute? Can you not? I don't know. So, you know, shout out to QT Cinderella. I don't know much about what she does, but I hope that she's able to continue doing what she does without, you know, this harassment. And, you know, and over the years, I've definitely gotten people, you know, emailing me, DMing me, like screenshots of nudes of me online that they're like, is this you? Is this you? I'm like, are you stupid? No, I've, I've never, I've never taken nudes. So I wouldn't have nudes out just for, for confirmation. Anything you see is fake, but <clears throat> the reality is this is going to continue to escalate. Like I said, so shout out to cutie Cinderella. All right. I'm bisexual and non-binary, but when I came out as polyamorous, I lost a few friends who couldn't understand. This is <laughs> an op-ed by this woman. I'm sure she'd be very offended at me calling her a woman. You're a woman. You look like a woman. You present as a woman. You're a woman. If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Um, I would say the reason why you lost friends after your third coming out, it's probably because they're sick of your narcissism. Right? It's like there's a reason why coming out is something that typically happens when you're like 14, 15, 16. Talking specifically about like being gay and stuff like that, not even the trans thing. It's like, because that's like a, a little bit of like a narcissistic age. It's like, you know, a lot of people, they get to make it about them and, and whatever. If you have come out three times to your friends, anyone will be sick of that. If someone came out to me three times, I'd be like, you just need to get your shit together because that's a mess. Shout out to you, but all right. The, <laughs> Shout out to MILF Manor. So this is the new TLC show. Welcome to MILF Manor, the most repulsive, exploitative, sordid, hate-to-hate show of all time, where blindfolded moms rub down shirtless sons and TV finally hits rock bottom. So you want to talk about social decay. How about the fact that TLC, which used to be the learning channel, Right? It is now the home of like the Jazz Jennings show and 90 Day Fiance. It's the Freak Show channel. They have all the like 600 pound lives. Like it is literally just the Freak Show channel. They have this new show called Milf Manor. And literally, I think I came across the trailer while I was like organically watching TV, which is kind of rare, but I saw it. And I remember literally just closing my eyes and just sheer disgust and being like, has society really dwindled down to this because it's a show just brazenly promoting incest i mean the setup is basically it's a bunch of milfs older moms which if that's what you're into hey older women you'd love to you know what i'm saying but the problem is the bachelors in the show are all of their sons 
So they're like in this dating situation in a house with all of their sons. And they have to date each other's sons. And it's just very demented. It's very sick. And you know what? With all this talk of like the age gap stuff, right? Like Leonardo DiCaprio is apparently like a pedo light because he dates like, you know, young women or whatever that are all legal age. But people say he's like a pedo light. <clears throat> there is something to be said about like people pay less attention to like predatory age gaps when it comes to like older women and younger like guys. I've always been the kind of person that like I know that like men are biologically, you know, hardwired to be attracted to younger women. There's been studies that show that they're mo- that men of pretty much all ages from like 20 to 60 are most attracted to women ages like 19 to 22. That's like the golden zone for what most men are attracted to. I do think there's something particularly like mentally stunted about an older woman. People are going to say I'm cougar shaming. I don't care who are like super into like 19 year old guys, 20 year old guys, like that to me is demented. Because as a woman, it's like, you know, I wouldn't ever even date someone like in my 20s that is in their 20s, like a guy, because men in their 20s are hella immature. Like every guy I've ever dated has been like at least five or six years older than me because it's just like men in their 20s are so immature so if you're like a 40 50 year old woman and you want to date like a 19 year old boy i don't care something's wrong with you there's something like not fully formed in your brain like something's definitely wrong with you unless you just want it for like the sexual factor which like i guess that would probably be great sex but also like you like, I don't know. I feel like dating anyone of any gender dating someone that's such a massive age gap. I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, it's like basically being a pedo because I don't believe that, right? If everyone's an adult, everyone's an adult. But it is gross, in my opinion. It, it is, it is, there is like a touch of um, predacious energy if you have to date someone who don't know shit about life. Like, like I don't know. It's like, so I'm 29. If all of a sudden I was like dating some like 21 year old guy, like you mean to tell me people wouldn't be looking at me like what? I'd be looking at myself like, what am I doing? Can you even rent a car at 21? Don't you have to be like 22 or something or 23? I don't know. Anyways, let's watch this clip from Milf Manor. <laughs> Hold on to your uh, breakfast. The moms get a blindfold and they have to go up and touch all of the young men and figure out by touching their chests and abs and shoulders which one is their son. The two moms that figure out who their son is the quickest win the best sweets in the whole house. So the competition is on. I need you guys to help me find my son if you want to hang out with me tonight. <laughs> absolutely demented i know that incest is like a big thing in the sense of like obviously like incest happens in families and it's a part of the human condition that some people just do that shit and i know that you know incest porn is like a thing or at least like pretending to be you know acting or whatever I think the show is basically just capitalizing on that. The show is basically just saying, we know people are into this. We're going to make a show that really treads that line. Absolutely disgusting. I mean, 
I, I just, I can't. I guess the thing that makes it so weird when it's like an older woman and a younger man is that we can understand why older men are into like younger women. That's like a biological hardwire. Men are attracted to fertility. They want to spread their seed. That's like what their animal brain tells them. What is the evolutionary explanation for older women who are into younger guys? Again, not shaming as long as everyone's legal. I'm shaming this show. This show's a disgusting premise. But just the idea of an older woman with a younger man in general, it's like, I would understand it more if, I, if there was like an evolutionary reasoning behind it, right? But I guess there isn't, and that's why it's so much more rare than if the genders are swapped. Vile. TLC is nasty. That's why, like, they have all these trans shows on TLC. I'm like, you are a joke if you're a trans person who appears on TLC because this is the Freak Show channel. Anyways, on to my favorite segment. We're going to be reacting to woke TikToks today. First up is Jeffrey Marsh, who... I'm on your ass, Jeffrey Marsh, because a lot of the stuff you're posting has me looking at you hella sideways because you're getting into some groomer territory this is you know um sort of an infamous trans activist on tiktok let's let's just watch your parents screwed up it's okay to say so <laughs> that's why i made a patreon so that we could talk about it so that we could connect in a way that has more privacy so that we could talk to each other in a way that's uh, more open and stuff that we wouldn't share like in the comments of a video like this. I think you're worthy and valuable. And I wanted to spend more connected time with you, healing together and hearing your deeply inspiring stories. I'm laughing just because his voice is so cringe and his demeanor is so cringe and it's literally like just like what is this character that would how is this a real person but it's not funny in the sense of this person is like outwardly and openly saying kids come talk to me in private why do you need kids to come talk to you in private Jeffrey Marsh and why are you in like the pedo playbook of separating kids from their parents? Your parents screwed up. Come talk to me. I'm gonna need this person's hard drive searched immediately. I'm gonna need, since this is on Patreon, I'm gonna need Patreon to check and see the ages of the people that are subscribing to this. And then I'm gonna call Chris Hansen. Imagine Chris Hansen busting in on Jeffrey Marsh. It's clearly needed. I mean, I I, <laughs> I think it's so funny because this person kind of talks like my grandma. Like my grandma I'm estranged from. It's like just the voice. It's like it gives very like matronly old lady, but the, don't let that fool you. This is a 45-year-old man. Right? Wanting to speak to kids in private. And that's disgusting. Get it together. All right, this one was posted by Lids of TikTok, and it says we have a serious mental health crisis in this country, which is being exacerbated by TikTok. Let's see what she meant by that. My name is Tristan. I am the host of the Asylum System, and if you have met us, you have probably met me. 
My name is Onyx. I am the primary protector of the asylum system. I mainly hold traumas regarding adulthood abuse and adulthood abusers. Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm the social protector of the asylum system. I've been around for a very, very long time. Hi, I'm Doe. They don't really know about me yet. I don't know if they'll see this until later, but it's a secret. Hi, I'm Nova. I am the system caretaker. Hi, my name is Maple. I am a normal in the asylum system, and as of making this video, we're still working out my job. Hi, I'm Raina. Uh, I like this building. <laughs> I like how she threw a trans age identity in there. This is more than anything sad, right? And people make jokes about how like mental asylums need to come back. I'm not trying to be me. Like, because the bigger issue isn't that this person is clearly like mentally ill to the extreme. The bigger issue is that this is like clearly, or maybe she's not mentally ill. That's, that's also a thing. This person could very clearly just be performative with this and tiktok has an algorithm that rewards it tiktok has a lived out comment section that no matter what you say right they're good it's going to be overwhelmingly supportive um going back to that like expose with the um whistleblower at the transgender clinic one of the things she was talking about at this clinic where they're giving minors cross-sex hormones and surgeries were that many of the young girls that were coming in had convinced themselves that they had tics that they did that they were able to actually get rid of like immediately upon getting like a decent therapy that you know they were convinced they had all these other mental disorders because of tiktok tiktok is a mental illness factory people are rewarded for both having mental illnesses and pretending to have mental illnesses and granted i know that can seem a bit hypocritical talking for me i'm a fucking tranny but the point is i know what i am right and i'm not i know what's going on here <laughs> this is really sad and you know i think the biggest victims of tiktok is teenage girls being convinced they have all these disorders and you know if she's not faking it it's but it's like a chicken or the egg thing right so is she faking it or does she really have it and she's being rewarded for it? I guess it doesn't really matter. She needs help. All right, moving on. You are part of the LGBTQI community or you're an ally. I need you to share this. Over 200. Over 200 anti-trans bills are being presented nationwide right now in America. With one of the most horrific laws just going into effect in Utah. Detransitioning all trans non-binary people under the age of 18. I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. And I'm sorry that you have to go through it if you're there. We need to stick together more than ever now. We don't need thoughts and prayers. We need action. Revolution. We need to stop living off a damn system that was made so many decades ago and only benefits one group of people in this country. We're here, we're queer, we're not going anywhere. Deal with it. So, <laughs> speaking of mental illness, I like how, you know, 
there's supposedly all this anti-trans legislation. I need people to stop calling laws protecting kids anti-trans. Right? Because I was the first one to speak up. Not the first one, but you know what I'm saying. I spoke up on the piece of legislation. What state was it? I think it was um, Oklahoma or something that was... um, I don't think it passed, but it was trying to move the age to transition up to 26. And I spoke against that because I said adults can do what they want. But all these anti-trans legislations popping out of the country, first of all, they're a result of people like you who spend their entire lives pushing for the sterilization of children, pushing for the mutilation of children. So you're getting what you asked for. But it's like I'm being asked the other day. I got a slew, a slew of tweets, people saying, "Blair, are you going to denounce all this anti-trans legislation in Texas?" I look at what they're talking about, and it's just barring transition for minors. Something I completely support. Absolutely insane. The caption of this says, "No doctor is performing any surgery on anyone under the age of 18 in this country." Absolutely disgusting that we live in this algorithmically divided world where this person probably legitimately believes. This is where people are going to say, oh, they're lying. I don't think he's lying. I think he legitimately believes trans surgeries are not being performed on people under the age of 18 because we're so separated by algorithm that he doesn't see it. I did a debate on No Jumper where I was debating three trans activists and none of them knew you could get double mastectomies on the age of 18 because their liberal feed on all their social media tells them Republicans are just lying about it. Conservatives are just lying about it. Meanwhile, I've read you story after story of minors getting these surgeries. There is an entire reality show on TLC, speaking of the Freak Show channel, with Jao Jennings getting her vaginoplasty as a teenager, as a minor, right? So this person's upset over laws that are protecting children. What a thing to be upset about. While you sit up here, a grown man with a beard... It, it's just disgusting. Why do I always look like that? They're like literally like copy paste NPC freak shows. Like I can't. All right. It's just me. Maybe I'm more annoyed about this than I should be. But it feels like extra disrespectful to misgender somebody when they have a pronoun pin on. Like, you know, I know I'm femme presenting. I know I look like a girl. But it's right here. It, like, I have a they, them, their pronoun pin right here. And people still call me a girl. People are still using she, her, and it's like, guys, come on. I'm I'm not asking for much here. I'm literally just asking for people to use my pronouns. That's all. Come on, do better. Be respectful. It's not hard to be respectful of people's pronouns. Can we try harder, please? You know, all I'm trying to say here is just it be respectful of people. It feels really shitty to have something so clearly dictate what my pronouns are and people still misgender me. It's not hard to be respectful of people's pronouns. It's really not. Just because you keep saying something doesn't mean it's true, right? So you can say over and over again how it's not hard for people to respect your pronouns. People don't talk like that. People don't refer to singular people as they, them, unless you are like visually obscured and can't see the actual gender of someone like in a car who cut you off in traffic, right? They, them is about a group. It's not about an individual person. And she's pointing, for the audio listeners, she's a Starbucks employee and she's pointing to a they, them pen on her her apron that has several other pins and like things on it. 
So you're asking every single person to look down, notice that particular pen and understand that that means that you want to be called they, them. Go outside more, touch grass. As I've been saying, all these people call your dad. Say you want to rekindle your relationship. I'm sure he'll forgive you. I'm sure you can fix things. The they, them shit kills me. It kills me. And it's just not going anywhere. Like, I understand that everyone got really bored during the pandemic. And everyone needed to invent problems. As if the world wasn't falling apart as it was. Everyone needed to invent problems and come up with all this new shit. No. But it's a self-perpetuating cycle of victimhood these people put themselves in because when they go out in the world genuinely expecting people to call them they, them, Zizer, doll, doll self, they get that feedback loop of like, I'm a victim, my identity is a victim, and see, there's proof. When I go out, no one calls me by they, them. Yeah, because no one ever will. That's not how it works. Your friends on TikTok will, your friends in your gender studies class will, your other they, them friends will, and keep it at that. But you're, you're a woman. You even said in the video, you present as femme and you get it. Clearly, you don't get it. I would respect this person more if they made an attempt to look androgynous or something, right? But of course, an actual androgynous look takes a lot of work. People who actually have like an androgynous look to them and you look at them and you're like, what is that? That's that's something that's like, that's not easy to actually attain. It's like, that's like a, a that puts work. But this this woman doesn't know anything about putting work in to actually get what she wants out of life, right? She's just putting on a, a, a they, them pen and expecting people to be bent to her will. It's not gonna happen, Miss Girl, Miss Thing. It's not gonna happen. Not now, not ever. All right, people wanted me to react to this one. This is our old friend, Dylan Mulvaney. So Dylan recently got FFS, facial feminization surgery, and um, is now on a super narcissistic uh, tirade. First of all, I'm glad that Dylan got the surgery that Dylan wants. I don't understand. You would think this was like an aging surgery. Like Dylan, I'm, I'm not trying to be me. I'm just being real here. Dylan straight up looked like looks like she was aged by 30 years by this surgery. She looks like an old woman. I don't understand that. Um, but she literally had Caitlyn Jenner's surgeon, by the way. Had the same exact surgeon. And that surgeon is infamous for only knowing how to do one face. I had a consultation with this surgeon when I was looking to do my surgeries. Um, ended up not going with him because I was looking at the patient portfolio and they all had the same damn face. Literally. So people are memeing about like, why does Dylan look like Caitlyn Jenner? Because Dylan went to a surgeon that only knows how to do one face, which is a very common problem with these surgeons. But let's watch this one. It's day 335 of being a girl. And I wanted to go on record to say that this might be the hottest I've ever looked and will ever look in my lifetime. And I'm making this video so that in thousands of years, there will be evidence. Is it the dress? It could be the dress. Is it the makeup? Or is it the hair? Because I think it's the extensions. And when I have extensions in, I don't know my name. I don't know where I live. I just know that I love these. And I know that I look like I could steal a husband, but I want to promise you, look me in the eyes. I want to promise you that I would never do that to you. 
Okay, I am a girl's girl. And I love ya. And I love ya. Woo! But seriously, this is good, right? Okay, okay, okay. Love you, love you. Okay. My God, it's so cringe. Listen. There's no deeper statement for me to make here other than the fact that, like, the narcissism isn't cute. I saw recently a video where Dylan was on the red carpet with Laverne Cox, who obviously is an older trans woman. She's a very famous actress, whatever. And Laverne was not having it. Laverne was like, put the camera down once in a while, right? And that's what a lot of trans women, like, okay, so let me let y'all in on some inside baseball for, like, the trans girl world, trans woman world. We oftentimes have what's called like a trans mother, so like an older trans woman to kind of like, you know, teach us the ropes and like, you know, like stop us from acting a fool. Dylan doesn't have that. Because if Dylan had any older trans woman in her life to shape her up, she would not be acting like this. I'm glad Dylan's happy with the surgery. Um, I do think it aged Dylan, I have to say that. But I will say good for Dylan for getting what she wanted. However, the narcissism is not cute. So the next time uh, Dylan is crying on TikTok, as she has done, about how she can't handle the hate, maybe it's because you're on camera talking about how you look good. Women don't even do that. Like, I don't see women going on talking about, I look so good. Like, what? Sydney Watson's lawsuit against Blaze Media exposes misogyny on the right. That is what PJ Media is saying. So people wanted me to address this. Um, because I had Sydney Watson on the show last year and she was kind of, she didn't drop any like bombs during that interview, but she was definitely kind of alluding to the fact that things were not so rosy at the blaze and with her show. So Sydney is suing the blaze, um, because of abuse that allegedly went on by the hands of Elijah Schaefer. Allegedly Elijah was drunk on set often. Allegedly Elijah was um, sexist towards her. And um, the the basis of the lawsuit is basically that it was an unfriendly work environment for Sydney as an atheist and as a woman. And then oftentimes there were like sexist guests that were purposefully platformed, um, that she was forced to read uh, super chats that contained what she calls dog whistles. So she was kind of forced to read every super chat. And oftentimes those super chats, because of the type of audience that Elijah had sort of garnered, would contain things that, you know, you don't want to be caught on camera saying because that's like you get canceled for that and it's not good, you know. Um, so I just want to say <laughs> Elijah was fired, you know, months back from the blaze for allegedly sexually assaulting Sarah Gonzalez, a woman who I think is a very kind woman. I really like her. She's always been very sweet to me. Um, I've been on her show and I've been out to dinner with her on a personal level and I think she's really great. And, um, I think Elijah Schaefer is a fucking loser. Uh, I thought that for a while. I appeared on their show um, a few times while we were cool. And then I just started learning a lot about him. I learned that he had said some pretty disgusting things about me behind my back, but was super fake to my face, asking me to come on the show constantly. Um, and is overall just a fake person. Um, <laughs> Christian Walker exposed him for cheating on his wife a bunch. And just, I guess the larger point is here is there's a lot of people on the right that purport to have these values that they don't actually have, right? There's a lot of people on the right who claim to live this trad life, who claim to live this life of like, you know, tr traditionalism and, and you know, 
in, in a, a biblical sense, honoring their wife and husband, and they're all fucking and doing orgies and doing drugs, and that's just what it is. Lauren Southern came on the show and talked about that really similar thing, and um, it is what it is. I will say, though, that all this infighting on the right is not looking great, like as far as the online right. It seems like ever since the start of the year, it's been just a lot of infighting. Um, with the Crowder versus Daily Wire thing and, you know, this and the Eliza Blue thing. I don't know, you know, good luck to Sydney with her lawsuit. I do have a bias towards Sydney. Um, I saw some of the ways in which she was treated at the Blaze um, that I wasn't a fan of. And I knew of some things that I had been told behind the scenes that made me not a fan of what was happening to her over at The Blaze. I think people are entitled to a safe work environment, um, a normal work environment, really. Um, and I don't think she was afforded that. So that really sucks. As far as if she's actually going to get money out of this, I don't know. I don't really know how that works. Um, but I will say... I can give credence to one of the things she alleged, which was that Elijah was always drunk on set. Both times I was on the show, Elijah was like doing shots with me before and after the show, which I was down to do as a guest because I don't got anything to lose. And I, I feel like I talk, I feel like I just speak more real when I'm a little bit tipsy. So like I'm always down to be a little tipsy on a podcast, but I can see how that wouldn't be the best environment for a co-host, right? It's a bit different on her end um, than it would be on my end, just showing up and doing shots. Um yeah, I, I I don't like Elijah. I unfollowed him a while back, you know, um, allegedly sexually assaulting someone that I personally like, treating Sydney in a way that I didn't personally agree with or like, and the whole cheating on his wife thing, that's just not my type of motherfucker. But we'll see how that goes. Anyways, that's it for this episode, you guys. I love you guys. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast channel as well as my main channel. Follow me on Twitter and follow me on Instagram. And please, please, please rate this show on Spotify. Helps me out so much. I'm really trying to get to 3K ratings on Spotify. And we are almost there. I believe we're at 2.7. So let's get there. And I love you guys. See you in the next video. Bye.